Hello and welcome to the Unleash Pain Freedom Podcast. I am your host, Katie Sutton, and I am a rehabilitation specialist and master neuro coach specializing in pain specifically. 100% of us experience pain at some point in our lives, yet we are not told what pain is, why we have it, or how to navigate through it. Without this vital information, it keeps us stuck in the vicious pain cycle. This is where I come in. My job is to educate and inform you about all things pain so you can feel empowered to know how to navigate pain when it comes about. This is how you break the cycle and reclaim your life from pain. Without further ado, let's go ahead and start breaking out of the pain cycle today. Welcome to another episode on the Unleash Pain Freedom podcast. Today, I have a very, very special guest, and I'm excited to bring her on. She has an incredible story. She's a dear friend of mine, and she has a pretty cool background. She is an energy healer, a Reiki practitioner, and a psychic medium. And what she is going to talk about today is death and grief, because death and grief are best friends when it comes to chronic pain. So we are going to give you a different inside scoop, a different perspective when it comes to pain and grief. I'd like to welcome Haley. Hi, I'm Haley. Yay, I'm so glad to have you on. I'm excited to be here. You have a lot of different titles of energy healer, Reiki practitioner, and a psychic medium. How did you come across all of these different different names for yourself, titles? Well, all of these things unfolded from my own pain, my mm. own grief, my own struggles in life, and really just uh, the universe or spirit, whatever you want to call it, teaching me about finding beauty in pain. Ooh, I love that. I just got chills, <laughs> and you are on the perfect podcast because we're we're all about reframing what pain is. Yes. And pain affects us physically, mentally, emotionally, and from your story, spiritually. Yes. So I've experienced grief before, but just not on the scale of which uh, was, let's see, let's, that was last year. I was, oh man, I was five weeks away from giving birth to my son. Uh, my little sister and best friend, we were five years apart, but we felt like twins um, she passed suddenly. Oh, man, it's okay. That's <laughs> okay. Take a breather. My brain tends to freeze when I think about it because it was a very traumatic part in my life. Just uh, just learning about her passing was a whole, yeah, that's, it's something I'm working through in therapy. My brain will literally go blank and I'm stuck wondering what I was just thinking about. It like throws me somewhere else. I think it's like a, a defense type type thing the brain does I don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah, absolutely no I'm, I'm glad that you brought this up because a lot of people who have experienced trauma go through this very similar things that you just kind of went through where your brain just kind of freezes mm -hmm. so from a neurological standpoint that's your brain trying to keep you safe and the way that the brain processes trauma is through fragments mm. and trauma is such a painful experience that the brain doesn't want you to relive it so it'll just cause you to shut down and that's why you don't think about it. So I appreciate you being very honest <laughs> and vulnerable about that because this is exactly why we're here talking about it is because trauma shows up in different ways. Mm -hmm. For you, it was death and grief. 
especially yeah. when it came to your little sister. I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, man, probably, I, I would describe that time in my life as pure suffering. Yeah, I found out that she had passed very suddenly and trying to wrap my head around that while also carrying life inside of me was crazy. It was a very crazy experience. A lot of like when I found out, you feel like you can still fix things. And since it was so sudden and it was just like, she's gone. I still felt like this protective older sister, like I got to figure out where she's at. I got to fix this somehow. I was like, I, I got in my car, which I shouldn't have done. Got in my car, ex like figuring out that, like hearing from different people that were calling me that she was, she was gone and trying to drive to a coroner's office to try and help her still while being pregnant. I was not driving well. I don't recommend that for people. Don't get in your car. But wrapping my head around that, five weeks later, I did give birth to my son and he came out a week early <laughs> because I had kidney stones that sent me into so much pain that it sent me into labor. Yeah, he came out, he was healthy, but he had a, he had a true knot in his cord. And so it's actually, it's a good thing that he came out a week earlier because he could have died. And then uh, went home from the hospital, was like trying to recover from, from birth and still reeling from my sister's passing and had to end up going to the hospital again. <laughs> Uh, because my blood pressure was out of control. I had postpartum preeclampsia and I almost died myself. And I was there for a week and a half just fighting through all that. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, because when people talk about spiritual awakenings, they talk about the dark night of the soul. And I'm pretty sure that's where I had mine. I, I remember one evening in the hospital, I had been fighting with my blood pressure all day. I, my body felt out of control. And I was frustrated and I was laying with my newborn son and looking at him and then also grieving and just like crying over the loss of my sister. And I'm pretty sure that that was, that was my dark night of soul. Like even a nurse came in and didn't acknowledge the mess she saw in front of her. <laughs> and in the morning, my eyes were so swollen, I could barely open them. And I had like popped a blood vessel in my eye. So... Oh, yeah, that whole time was uh, not great. So nothing, nothing particularly special happened during that time. I think it's just I had to get through it. But then when I got home is when all the very odd spiritual things started happening, including like dreams. I think that's where it immediately started was I got home. I was like trying to adjust back to life and I started having very vivid dreams that I would I would remember a lot of it when I would when I would wake up uh, which is not like me I'm pretty forgetful it seemed like almost like a progression of of communication with my little sister which I've come to learn now is like a that can happen you know uh, after death communication with loved ones in dreams is actually a pretty common thing but I, I, you, you don't usually hear about a progression. And so it, it started with, I would be in a dream, everything would be normal, and I'd get a call and it'd be from Lindsay. And I'd be on the phone and I'd be like, why can't I talk to you all the time? And she'd be like, I don't know. And that's all I would remember from that. And then another dream, she'd be in front of me. And I'd be like, why, why can't I see you all the time? I don't know. And I know we'd have longer conversations, but it's like I wasn't able to remember that 
when I woke up. I know we talked, but it's like I was only allowed to bring back so much. And I think that has to do with the veil. It kept progressing to where first it was phone calls and it was in person. And then it was more like one of the dreams she like, I don't know, you're sort of playing, you're going through the motions of being in the dream. And then you become lucid. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my goodness, you're standing in front of me and in in life you are, you're not here anymore. And so I had that moment and I was able to like hug her and I saw from behind me, like, she gave this very, like, knowing smile. Like, yes, I am here. You figured it out. From there, I had a conversation with her, which I guess would be my first experience with, like, how spirit communicates. Because it's not just, like, words. A lot of it is, like, symbols. And it's, like, piecing together this, like, symbolism. Which I can't even remember, like, all the... All the little details of the dream. I know I have it written down somewhere. Just sounds like you were in a pretty, pretty dark spot. I was in a very, yeah, I was in a very dark spot. I was, I have a, an older daughter. And so she was like two. Yeah, she just turned two. And so trying to be a mom and trying to help this newborn and then trying to grapple this like massive life-changing loss and recover my body (laughs) I just felt like I was underwater yeah it was a very dark time and a lot of it I think I think those moments they have you turn inwards to me like it felt like my world was falling apart everything just felt loud everything felt bright like my kids would have the tv on and even be turned down but it was too much for me Mm. it was uh it was just too much information coming in there's I I was trying to process all this stuff in my head and so everything was just too loud but I think that that was necessary in order for me to communicate with my sister on the other side because I started turning inwards I things I made things a lot more quiet would go out in the evenings and I would watch the sunset and just have my feet on the earth and I'd imagine like what it felt like when she was just in the room and I would just try to be like, okay, that's that's what it, I don't know. I'd try to imagine that she was there with me watching the sunset. But is, I think a big part of grief is people, they're like, oh, just focus on the good memories. Think of like the good times, focus on that. But the big thing is just even the memory of what it felt like for her to be just sitting in the same room is like devastating. That's one thing that I just miss the most is just her presence, her essence, like, knowing that she was right there that's pretty powerful and i'm glad that you touched on you know when people are just like oh if you have somebody pass just focus on all of the good memories and stuff yeah a lot of people don't necessarily talk about how having those memories can bring about more sadness more pain because Mm -hmm. they're no longer there yeah it's it's interesting because like Lindsay, that's my sister's name she is my favorite topic every day I mean, I think about her, but I I try to include her in a lot of conversations. And it's not, I mean, I guess I don't really try. It's just, she's always on my mind. And so it just Mm. comes up. But it's interesting how, you know, she can be my favorite topic. But then at the same time, it is like, it can be a source of pain. When I think more about like her passing and how she passed. I don't know. I've made peace with some things, but it's still... I don't know it's still (laughs) like a very big thing to take on and I know I'm going to for the rest of my life 
but there's varying levels. Like when she first passed, none of it made sense to me. And I don't know, I was just trying to grapple with with everything and it, it felt impossible. Nothing made sense. But over time, you, you learn different things. I, I learned that she was still around. She made that very clear to me. I didn't really know anything about a spirit world or have any... I don't know. I felt like there was something going on here, but when you lose somebody very close to you, it makes you explore it more. She made herself very well known through different signs. And so I'm like, okay, well, she's obviously still around somehow. So I need to figure out where she is and what that looks like for her, which made me dive into things deeper. And so now I understand that she's doing great. She's in a really good place. She's really happy. And that has brought me comfort. But at the same time, I think grief is carrying, just carrying the fact that the person that you love so much will never be here again in their physical form. And you just have to wait until you go into the spirit world yourself. Even though I have all these beautiful things that I carry with me about how well she's doing and the, and the gifts she's given me, it is still devastating. It is still the pain that I carry of her not being here physically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you for sharing that because that, that's a big topic for a lot of people because, you know, especially if there's been a certain amount of time that has passed, a lot of people are like, well, aren't, aren't you over it? Yeah. That That's a big pain spot for a lot of people. And, you know, you, you even said you're like, I'm probably going to have to navigate this grief spot for the rest of my life because she was so close to you. But you also said that there were different levels of grief. Yeah. Well, when it's fresh when it's just happened man I know a lot of people don't experience like massive grief and so they really don't know what to say to people right honestly nobody said anything to me the whole time that I was like thank you like and I I don't know if there's anything that could have been said that I would have been like oh that's good I think it's just being empathetic and you're not trying to fix the issue just sit in the mud with them it's it's because people were like, oh, well, she's an angel now. And oh, well, I can't even remember a lot of things that were said. But I know that it just made me angry because when it's fresh, nobody can really say anything right. So it's just sort of being like, this is really awful. And let me know how I can help, what you need. Do you need some food? Let's get you some food. Because self-care, that is like, that's out the window. That was one of the hardest things for me was trying I, I had to take care of myself still because I had life growing inside me I just wanted to check out I, I've never wanted to be out of my body more than in that time but I had to take care of my son if anything my my children are really what grounded me like and kept me here because man it's a it's a lot it's a lot to take on but yeah people don't really say the right things but it's just sitting in the mud with that person and then I don't know it's I guess everybody's process is different mine is different from you know like my parents and from like other people like because I've seen people take grief and let it turn them into a really ugly person they they think that the universe is out to get them they think that nothing right can happen in their life and it just turns them into this nasty person and so I think it's different for everybody. The steps, the anger, bargaining, that makes it seem like it's a, okay, you work through all this and then you have acceptance and then you're fine. And it's not 
it's not the truth <laughs> i totally 100 percent agree with you because pain is not linear it's not like okay we're in phase one now we're in phase two okay <laughs> yeah. now we're done yeah. it's like no sometimes you go to like one and two and four and seven and back to one it's something that is a cycle that kind of goes over and over and over again and it it's up and it's down and i just i really appreciate you talking about like hey, if somebody's going through grief, just sit in it with them. Let them know that they have support. Let them know that they're here. Let them know that what they're going through is not wrong. It's not bad. Mm -hmm. Because we often tie death and grief as this horrible thing that needs to be fixed. Yeah. And that (laughs) puts a lot of pressure on us to try and get it because we're chasing something. And Mm -hmm. I just know from the work that I do, emotions are are meant to teach us stuff Mm -hmm. and if we're constantly pushing them away being like oh no i shouldn't feel like this why am i still feeling this grief it's gonna continuously be suppressed down that it shows up in other forms of pain whether that's a physical ailment or a mental breakdown or emotionally triggered Mm -hmm. or feeling blocked with like relationships not having the will to you know live to take care of yourself And what if we just sat in our feelings and allowed them to ride out? Yep. I truly feel that my postpartum preeclampsia was a physical symptom of my mental and emotional and spiritual pain Mm -hmm. that I was in. I guess I wasn't able to fully express a lot of that stuff because I, there's a, there's a part of pain where your body stops you from feeling it. And I have, my body has come up with, well, my brain has come up with a lot of defense mechanisms (laughs) to prevent me from feeling my pain. There were many times before that even happened that I was like, my my body was like, I need to be functional. I need to be a mom. I need to take care of my body because I'm growing a baby. (laughs) I'm still working through these defense mechanisms that I created then to protect myself and to keep living. And so it's a it's a trip. <laughs> you were just in straight survival mode. I was. Yes. When you look at it from a different perspective, that's a pretty cool thing that our body does. Yeah. That even when we do deal with this trauma, we can still function. We mm-hmm. still can push through. However, there is a time, especially when we get out of that stress response mode, to process what's going on. That way it doesn't keep showing its ugly head and feeling like it's stopping us at every single turn. Yeah. That's a lot of what I'm doing in therapy now is, well, my therapist will be like, okay, you feel this numb feeling. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? What does that look like to you? And I'm able to visualize it. This numb feeling, I saw it as like this demon on my back, very shadowy, like ugly looking, like, and like gripped into my shoulders. But we explored it more. I'm like, oh, he's really scary. Like, I don't like that. But as we explored it more, it was very like loving to me. It was being protective and loving. And so even though it looked very daunting and scary and it made me feel nothing, <laughs> he was protecting me from these these emotions that were, you know, very, very deep and very powerful and, and felt like I could fall into a pit. So, yeah, our body does very, our brain, our body does very loving things for us, but we don't recognize it as such until we explore it further. <laughs> exactly. And it helps to understand how your brain and your nervous system work together because <laughs> yeah. for a long time I was just like no my, my brain's an asshole my body's a dick <laughs> like they're not working for me but 
you know, pain is a request for change. It's here to teach us something. Yeah. And it's protecting us from potential dangers and threats. And for you, it was losing your sister. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it's something I'm still figuring out. All my work now, like the mediumship and the Reiki and all that, all of it stemmed from losing her. But at the same time, some days it's really hard to sit down and think about all of the stuff. And I can see how my brain will deflect my attention away like yeah you don't want to feel that let's go do something else but so. how amazing is that awareness that you have that being like oh that's my brain i see you <laughs> i don't get me wrong i have had my fair share of brain tantrums where <laughs> you know the world has fallen apart and everything but it's, yeah it's been a process all of these things really make you tune into yourself and there's still i mean there's still work to be done there's always gonna be work to be done but just having an awareness is like the first step Thank you. Preach to the <laughs> choir in the back. But it's, yeah, it's it's a process. It is a process. And, you know, pain is kind of like different layers. You're going to figure out a different layer here. And then when another situation, you're going to figure out something else. Mm-hmm. And it's all meant to help you grow, to evolve, yeah. to transform. And, yeah, I would just love to know more on how the work that you do has actually helped you in your healing when it came to the grief. A lot of credit goes to Lindsay because (laughs) (laughs) she's the one who woke me up. And they often say that when somebody important to you leaves, they'll leave behind a gift. For Lindsay, and it's totally her personality, like she got on the other side and she was like, wake up, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Like, There's so much more going on here. So I had the vivid dreams in the evenings it felt like somebody was like sitting on my bed like I felt the pressure on the bed I felt like the covers sort of move and this terrified me (laughs) what is going on um it it freaked me out because when I think back it all blends together into one moment but it was like this progression of her just giving me sign after sign of like hey I had one dream Because every single night, I started, like, writing a dream journal. Because I was like, this is crazy. Like, it's so intense. And so I would wake up and I'd immediately write things down. Because it felt like I was getting, like, symbols and signs from her. And it's like I had to interpret things. It was a crazy time in my life. (laughs) Like, I'd, like, my newborn would wake up. And I'd, like, oh. And then I'd be, like, trying to write down my dream as I was, like, trying to take care of him. I had one particular dream where, again, spirit speaks in symbolism. So I was with this group it was like a class we were walking into a cave and one of the one of the kids was like teaching a lesson or something but the cave was like really dark there were like lanterns on the floor but i was freaked out i'm scared of the dark i don't like it (laughs) i like to know my surroundings but i was walking along the cave um there's these lanterns i saw like this little girl which i feel was probably like my inner child i'm not sure um but i turned the corner and i saw two of the classmates like laying on the floor of the cave and I was like what is going on and I came up to them they're like just lay down and let go and I went over there and I like laid down and they're like just close your eyes and let go and I was like oh but I'm a little creeped out (laughs) but I tried to lay there and when I let go I woke up and I heard my little sister whisper in my ear my name like I heard hey which is how she would call me. And I was like, what the heck? Like I was laying there and I was like, I didn't really, I didn't really hear that. I was just dreaming. And I was laying there for a moment and I heard it again so clear. Hey, Lee. And I was like, 
oh my gosh I like jumped up out of bed I woke up everybody accidentally because I just couldn't I couldn't believe like that was her her biggest sign to me she straight up whispered in my ear and I told everybody I could because I was just so excited but I was just trying to wrap my head around it still and then I was putting more research into where is she now what does this look like I was listening to near-death experiences because that for me is like that's thousands of people having very similar experiences and that's just like an anecdotal evidence to me and it really gives you a glimpse of of the other side um so i was looking into that diving into all that and then another big one was one evening i went i went upstairs as i was walking into my bathroom it felt like i walked through something thick and it sent a chill up my spine and i heard somebody call my name but it was Lindsay this time it sounded male <laughs> And it terrified me because I wasn't dreaming or anything. I was just walking around. I wasn't sleepy at all. And it was so clear. And it sounded like somebody called me from like, like they were far away. But it was loud in my ear. And I was just so fearful at that point because it's like something, it's something I've never experienced. And for you to think, oh, there's somebody around me and they're saying stuff to me, but I can't see them. <laughs> terrified me. <laughs> so... Needless to say, I had nightmares that night. <laughs> <laughs> I would too. But I looked it up because I was like, what is going on with me? Is this like delusional grief? Like, am I just losing my mind because I'm in so much like anguish? I, I found spiritual awakening, which thank goodness I found that. And I believe that because like there's people who will try to convince you that like you're you've gone insane, like yeah. that you need to be on medication and stuff. I learned about spiritual awakening and these are like typical things that happen. And the next day I was, I was listening to music in my car and I just had this thought before the song end, like, I wonder if there's any music or like songs about spiritual awakening. And then the next song that came on was She Talks to Angels by the Black Crows. <laughs> and the chorus is, she talks to angels, they call her by her name. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> it like... It made me feel better about like somebody calling my name that I didn't know. But at the same time, I don't know when the universe really shows itself to you, you feel crazy. I was getting also like re I was seeing repeating numbers everywhere. I still do every single day. I see repeating numbers, but I now see it as a beautiful thing before when I didn't understand what was going on. It was all scary. <laughs> it was all very yeah. terrifying. And now it's like this beautiful reminder throughout the day that I'm not alone everybody always says everybody dies alone and that's so not true like even if you're alone when you pass you you have like your departed loved ones you have your ancestors you have your spirit guides that are all just waiting for you to step out of that shell <laughs> and come with yeah. them <sighs> yeah there's there's so much beauty to to be found here if you're looking for it. If you want to see the bad things, that's all you're going to see. But if you want to find the beauty, it's easy to find. I love that. I got chills. <laughs> what what I'm about. Speaking my language. <laughs> yes. So you would say that your spirituality or spiritual awakening helped you to process this grief. Oh, yeah. Man, there, once it all started to kick in, and I felt like I was just tuning into this this higher source. All I felt was love. And I can't even, oh, I wish I could experience that again. Because, you know, it's even though I, I struggle, I struggle still with 
Lindsay's passing, I always will. Understanding that she is not gone was like a huge thing to me. That took something off of my grief plate. So now it's just the sadness of she's not here anymore. But to know that she is so well was a huge relief. And then also just getting getting this gift of knowing that I'm not alone. Because grief can be so isolating. Even if people are like, oh, I'm here for you. I'm here. You still don't feel it. Mm. You feel like you're alone in your grief. And again, that's where it comes in with people just sitting in the mud with yeah. you. Because a lot of times, like my husband, he didn't know what to do. He's never had to take on any sort of big tragedies. And to watch me go through so much pain, he was like, I have I have no idea how to support you. Sitting, sitting in the mud. <laughs> sitting in the mud. So if you know somebody out there that's grieving, just allow them to be in the mud and mm-hmm. know that you're there with them and that you're willing to sit in the mud with them. Yeah. Well, and I think until you go through, you know, massive grief yourself, you're just not going to really know what to say. I know I will reach out to people who I know have lost somebody and I try to sort of share my perspective. I only do like a little bit. You don't want to be like, hey, I'm a medium. Let me talk to your (laughs) loved ones right now. It's not good timing. But, you know, I'll just reach out and I'll say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry this has happened to you. That's horrible. But then I also... I, I usually say, because my favorite thing when Lindsay passed is I, I saw this quote that was, um, grief is just love in a heavy coat. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I'll usually tell them that, and that, that tends to resonate with people. Because I think for me, when you're, when you're in, that, in that shock, in that everything's horrible, my life is destroyed, but then you see everybody continuing on as normal. <laughs> mm-hmm. All of it is just, oh, it's so it's so difficult. But to be able to understand that your grief is just an expression of love turns things around. <laughs> Ooh, I got full body chills on that one. And I, I feel like it just kind of rings true for different parts of pain as well. Yeah. If you can understand what your pain is trying to tell you. Man, that's just the biggest thing. If you're just like, this hurts, I'm a victim, everything's bad, you're going to stay in that mindset. But if you understand what it's trying to teach you or why it's there, that's where things can be life-changing. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to like staying in the mud, because I know that there's some people that just want to stay in the mud and don't necessarily want to get out of it and kind of be in that victim mode. Yeah. What would you suggest for that? It's definitely allowed. There's a, there's a time and place to, to do that. And, you know, I often do it myself. But if that's all you're doing, I think you need, I think they need to understand how much power they have in this life and how much control they actually have in in their perception of reality, I guess. You know, I've, I've seen one, one of my more powerful gifts that I've gotten from Lindsay's passing is empathy. I'm able to understand why somebody can be mean why somebody can be hurtful and it is hurt people hurt people you know I I saw a woman who she was like it was at my work but she was being really rude to this other woman and like the cops got involved and she was explaining to the cops and I was listening to her and she's like my husband passed three years ago all I have is my cats I don't you know nobody cares about me and I don't want them to care about me and it was just such this self-defeating like that's how she was living is the world has hurt me and so I'm going to hurt the world Mm -hmm. and I think it's waking up to the fact that you know every word action thought you have 
has a reward or a consequence. Understanding that you can you can go into the world and you can create these beautiful, loving ripple effects, or you can create hateful ripple effects. You can be here. You can be here to help with the problem, or you can be a part of the problem. And so again, that that thought process came from me listening to like tons of near death experiences, because one of the common themes is people's life review. You know, people go through, they'll see their whole life in front of them, but they're not just experiencing it from their perspective. They're experiencing it from the perspective of the people that they were interacting with. You're going around spreading hate or hurt you're going to feel it in your life review. But if you're going around, like even in the morning, just saying good morning to people, just a very simple gesture, I don't think people understand how impactful that can be. And I learned that when I was fully in my grief, just trying to take care of, like I was trying to go take care of my sister's house, just going through all the motions of of the burden of trying to take care of what they've left behind. And interacting with people who had no idea that my entire world was falling apart that's that teaches you empathy (laughs) like Mm -hmm. if i'm feeling this like maybe that person who wasn't really saying much at the drive-thru maybe they were experiencing some sort of grief or maybe they just broke up with somebody or you know you you're much more understanding as to why somebody might be reacting the way they are yeah it's been a It's been a huge lesson. (laughs) It sounds like educating yourself on death and grief and hearing about other people's experiences. Yeah. Helped you tremendously to process your grief. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like that just, death just needs to be less taboo for everybody. I talk about death openly all the time. I trigger people. It's something that needs to be more talked about so people aren't so scared of it. I have absolutely no fear of death anymore. I'm actually pretty looking forward to it i'm not in any rush to get there but from all everything i've heard it's gonna be pretty great and so if society saw it more as like a transition into i don't know another realm another dimension another life whatever you want to call it i don't think there would be as much fear and i think it would help a lot of people with their grief process because nobody knows who to turn to really when it happens i don't know if a lot of people do that but it happened to me and then I was like, I need to figure out what's going on here. And so I did a lot of research and I still, I still continue to because it's once you get going on it, you, you just, you got to learn more. No, that's awesome because I, I feel like a lot of people stay stuck in fear because they don't necessarily know or understand it. Mm-hmm. Because I know that with the human mind and the work that I do, anything that is uncertain or unknown will cause the brain to go in freak out mode. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, everything is scary. So you don't want to talk about that. Mm -hmm. And when we do talk about it, we take the power away from that fear spot and bring it back to us. Mm -hmm. And so when we educate and learn and understand about certain things, it actually empowers us to take our power back. So, yeah, it just it's really cool because like, I do like the three E's, actually like four E's is like educate, empower, eliminate, because I help to eliminate the um, pain cycle. That way you can embody or evolve. So, and you just kind of like fell into those E patterns (laughs) without like me even like bringing it up. So I thought that about organically. (laughs) It's pretty awesome. So education awareness is super important Mm -hmm. when it comes to any type of pain. And when you were touching on how the pain of grief caused you to feel super isolated, um, made you feel like, oh, well, like what's wrong with me? Why can't I get better? That type of stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're in physical pain, 
mental pain, spiritual pain, emotional pain, they all coincide with each other. I think that's what's important when when somebody does lose somebody close to them is just talking to others because like all these all these weird things were happening to me and so I, I couldn't keep it to myself mm-hmm. and so I was going to my parents house and I'm like oh my god Lindsay's mm-hmm. talked to me in my dreams and I was sharing all of that and since I was sharing that I was opening them up mm-hmm. to it and so they started getting signs I think sometimes we try to close ourselves in and just feel like you know try to avoid our pain not talk to anybody and it's really important to talk to others because even just general conversations can can be very enlightening to figuring out what's going on with yourself sort of putting it out there instead of keeping it all trapped in your brain yeah it allows you to feel like you do have a support system yeah exactly because like my coworkers at the time I wasn't really sharing much a lot of people they didn't know what to do around me so they would just ignore me which was horrible (laughs) don't recommend that so some people were like oh like really you know trying to be loving and I appreciated it and then there were some that would completely avoid me but there were some that came forward and like hey I also carry grief like Mm. one of one of the big things for me um, was my coworker. she was like oh I've lost siblings too and I was like, oh, how many siblings do you have? And she's like, well, I had three. And she's like, but now I'm an, I'm an only child now, but I lost three brothers. And I was like, wow, that really puts my struggle into perspective. So sharing with others can definitely just sort of open your eyes to we're all, we're all just here and we're all experiencing our own reality. And yeah. I think sometimes we get caught up in our own and we don't, you know, we don't see others. And I think that's important during grief. That's amazing. So when you're working with your clients, whether it's Reiki or doing readings, how do you support your clients through the grief? More of like the medium readings, because I did several for my coworkers that were very powerful because they had lost very close loved ones. And I think just my understanding that I've gotten from Lindsay passing, I have just this very overwhelming feeling of empathy. And so that plays a huge role like I feel like there's some mediums that they'll go into it and they'll just throw facts without sort of being understanding of that person's situation like if you're just running into it and you're like this is how your loved one died and here you know let me give you all these facts I'm so impressive that's that's such a bad approach (laughs) but I try to be very genuine I try to you know this is what I got I'm not sure what it means to me but you know it means something to them and I'm very empathetic through all of it I'm not out there trying to prove anything I'm just like the reward that comes from connecting somebody with somebody that I thought was lost I experienced it myself when I I sought out a reading after my sister passed because I was like I don't know about mediums I felt like they could be scam artists but I was like well maybe it's worth a shot and I had paid for like a couple of people and they just like totally scammed me I did find this group online and it's like people practicing and stuff and I had like a ton of people like tell me things about my sister that there was no way that they could know man when you're grieving and you just get that little hint of that person and that they're still communicating with you that's huge and so for me to provide that for others is just 
Yeah. It's the best thing ever. Like, I, I, I can't even fully describe it. Yeah. It's well, so rewarding. Well, I can tell. And you obviously love the work that you do. <laughs> yeah. And I just know with the readings that I've done with you, you've always educated me on what is going on and like the spirit world and death and grief. Like, you've opened my eyes and my perspective on death a lot and it's really cool because now I get to look at it in a totally different way because for a while death was kind of a scary topic for me and you know with grief and stuff it's just like well shit I don't know how to navigate that man that that seems rough but you're doing it and you're showing it showing up every single day not only for yourself but as an example for your clients as well like you really show what's possible and I think that's so cool. And your readings are just so fun in general. So <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed them. Yeah. I think it's, well, I don't know. I just from the stuff that I've learned, there's certain things that in my gut I know. And I'm not going to present them as this is fact. Right. But I'm like, this is what I feel is true. Because I don't know, I've gotten very good at understanding my intuition versus my ego. And so when something sits with me, like it, I don't know. It's just like, that is truth. And there's, there's certain things like in my dreams that like I've, I've learned <sighs> to be able to share that with people. Cause I, again, people can get very wrapped up in this existence. A lot of people don't, don't think about death at all. It is the only thing that is certain in this life. So to like leave that out of your life is crazy. Understanding death and understanding, you know, what happens afterwards helps you to live a more purposeful life so it, it, it definitely needs to be a more uh, more talked about thing and just more included in daily con I make so many people uncomfortable I talk about it all the time because it's just it's like my life now that's mm -hmm. like you know it freaked out my husband for a while because it's like I was listening to all these near-death experiences all the time he's like I don't know if this is healthy and I'm like I think it is and it has proven to be very healthy <laughs> yeah that's incredible so when it came to this whole like grief pain freedom journey of yours what is one thing you would change and one thing that you wouldn't change for the world i don't know if i would change anything i mean everything is there in place at a certain time in order to teach you something and so even my most difficult moments led to something beautiful and so to get rid of any of it would be a disservice to myself yeah all, all of it is there Again, that, that mentality of when people are, are thinking, oh, the universe is out to get me, all these life challenges, I, it never stops. All of those are there in order for us to learn something. You know, we're here to, to learn and improve, understand love in all its many expressions, and also to have some fun accepting those challenges. But if you're, if you're taking on those challenges and you're not learning from them, they're just going to keep showing up and they're yeah. going to be harder and harder until you figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't change a thing. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. I got like full on body chills and everything. <laughs> so good. Okay. So what is one thing that you wouldn't change for the world? I guess just the timing of it all. Like, you know, there's, there's a, a part of my grief where it's like, oh man, I'd really, I'd really like Lindsay to be here. If I could have her here for the rest of my life, man, that would be amazing. She could be, like, she was a great aunt to my children. Mm. And so for her to be there for them as well, or for her to have children and for me to interact with her children, that would be a dream. But at the same time, 
I feel like she's made it very clear to me that it was her time to go. And I think before we even come here, because near-death experiences have said so and past life regression therapy have said so, we sort of have like contracts. We have things that we're meant to come here and do. We have certain challenges we're supposed to take on. We choose our parents. We choose how long we're going to be here. And so I feel like I've accepted that portion because I, I, I do feel that she was meant to be here only for a short while, but make a massive impact. Which she, the connections she made with people was just beautiful. I think that's the major thing is like her passing, me giving birth to my son and then almost dying myself. I wouldn't change the timing of that because I think all of that needed to unfold for me to understand my existence. Pretty profound. That's deep. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Dang. So you wouldn't trade this pain story experience for the world? No, I think it's my major lesson. And it has put me on a completely different path. If you would have told me two years ago that, well, that my sister's passed and that I was a medium, I'd be like, you're fucking <laughs> nuts. That's crazy. That'll never happen. <laughs> the, the way things unfolded, I never would have imagined any of that. Like, holy hell. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like with Lindsay, I, you know, she was five years younger than me. I thought that I would go first. You, you go through life thinking that, because um, society also preaches it and stuff that your life is going to go a certain way that people are going to be around you just expect it you expect you're going to be alive tomorrow and so I think it's just which I struggle with still understanding to like let go and just flow with the current if you just are an observer and you just let life bring forward these gifts and these challenges and things um, there's so much beauty there if you try to fight it there's really no point you're going to make things so much harder on yourself if I was still fighting the fact that like Lindsay had to leave I don't think I'd be in a very good place because there's really nothing I can do to change it and so if I just take the lessons from it and I see the beauty in it I can make myself a so much like just a, a much better person so so you choose to see pain as a lesson something that teaches you something because there's beauty in it yeah it's there for a reason and if you try not to look at it, you try to not feel it, it's just going to keep coming back until, until it's in your face. And I think it's best to look at it before it gets to that point. It's all there for a reason. I, I can't remember who said it, but I heard it the other day. I think it was a near-death experience I was listening to. But, you know, all the, all the good stuff going on here, the love, the connections, the beautiful things, that's all real. The illusions that are around is the is the hate and the and the pain and the all, all that other stuff is just delusions that are here that's what earth is all about i love that that's <laughs> that's awesome i think that that's so good so i just got a few more questions for you okay. before we wrap up it's been super fun to have you here so you've touched on a few things to help people who are in that grief state but what is the one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who is struggling with the loss of a loved one and is in deep grief? Well, I would say just give yourself time, especially if it's fresh. There's a process that you go through. I mean, it's continual for the rest of your life, but especially when it first starts, just giving yourself patience, giving yourself time. I would turn it into interest. That's what I did. 
is I was like, what is death? Where, where is my sister gone? What does it look like for her? How can I find her? Like, if you turn it into an interest, I think that's helpful. And then also, again, understanding that your grief, pain that you're feeling is all an expression of love. It is the love persisting after somebody has left. And so there, there is beauty there, but it is very hard to find at first. So patience. Patience. <laughs> yeah. All right. Give yourself time and patience. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for the rest of your life. I already know that for myself. I cycle through the steps constantly where I have acceptance that she's gone. But at the same time, I'll have thoughts come up that are anger that are, well, why couldn't, you know, why her? Why not me? You know, I'll see people being sort of reckless with their life. And I'm like, how are they still here? Mm-hmm. And she's not. But again, it's, I think it's all a part of the process and it's all normal. Yeah. Giving yourself time and and space to, to sort of sort through it. Yeah. No, I, I love that because there's nothing wrong with your process, yeah. especially if you're going to acceptance back to anger or bargaining or whatever the cycles are it's okay there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing bad with it yeah it's just what you're going through in the moment and it's okay to be in that spot yeah but i would say don't let it make you an ugly person understanding that empathy part of it it doesn't it doesn't feel good when treat you people treat you poorly it doesn't feel good that your loved one is gone and so understanding that others out there are probably experiencing the same thing Mm. and to be empathetic to that and understanding of the human struggle my biggest thing and i feel my purpose here is to love and to heal so if i can go about creating beautiful ripple effects just from something simple like saying good morning uh the other day i i paid for the person behind me in in line uh at the drive-thru just little simple things that can like just make somebody's day Man, that's going to be really nice in my life review to look back and experience those again. <laughs> like my the, the day before my little sister passed, she had a guy approach her at the mall and he was like, oh, I just love your vibe. And that made her whole day. And so I'm just so thankful for that guy who just was like, I like I like your whole deal. And he, he felt compelled to share that. Like those those little things really do make a difference. I think understanding, taking your grief and turning it into empathy. Empathy. Is very important. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be a big one. You've talked about it a lot. It's huge in this life. Like, I think it helps through a lot of, like, even if people are horrible to me, I still try to figure out a way to create healthy boundaries, but say it in a loving way loving way I try to do everything in a loving way and I think if you if you're bringing your awareness more to your like heart um, and living through your heart it's a much easier thing to do I feel less I don't know if people insult me it's it doesn't hurt as much because I'm like oh you're hurting and I hope that you can figure that out it it doesn't mean anything about you it's about them I don't take anything personally yeah yeah everybody's just trying to get through their struggles taking it personally and I'm throwing hate back at them I've just made the situation much more ugly. So I'm trying to be a part of the the solution, not the problem. Mm, You've given us some really good tips, not just (laughs) for grief, but like just pain in general. Exploring death, exploring grief teaches you so much about life and how to live it. Man, if it was a more widely discussed topic, I feel like the world would be a lot better. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is why we're here. This is why we're talking about it. So I'm so glad that you're on here talking about it (laughs) because... 
Yeah, this is this is a big pain spot yeah. that keeps us stuck in pain. So what does it mean to you to have pain freedom? I guess it's just a, having a different understanding of my pain. So yeah, I can I can see my pain as, oh, it hurts me. It's horrible. I can say all these negative things about it. Or I can see the beauty in it. I can see that it's there to teach me something. And I can look into it further. So I guess pain freedom would be... I guess just having a different understanding of my pain. I like that. Yeah. That's pretty powerful, <laughs> especially yeah. when you see things in a different perspective. It's yeah. got a totally new meaning behind Seeing it. Seeing it more as a teacher, mm, <laughs> somebody they... there to guide <laughs> instead of somebody there to harm me. I'm loving yeah. it. That's a, that's an awesome response because my whole philosophy <laughs> on here is that pain is a request for change. That was quite the story. You've had quite the journey. You're still going through it, but you have the tools to navigate it. Yeah. And you're helping other people to do that too. So I think that's amazing. I think helping others is another step in my healing process. Like each reading I do, it feels like healing for me. And also people might say something that just like resonates. Yeah, I feel like healing others is, is the next step in my healing process. And so it feels... It feels good. Yeah. It feels like I have purpose. That's why I quit my job. Because I was like, I don't feel like this is bringing me joy. I was I was working reception. And so I was trying to, you know, just be very loving to people. You know, be a part of that loving ripple effect. But I was like, I feel like I need to be doing a lot more. It's, it's unfolding. I'm figuring it out. Yeah. We all are. Yeah. One step at a time. Sure. How can people find you? How can people you know, get a hold of you. Maybe they want to do a reading or a Reiki session. How can they find you? I just created a Facebook page. I'm still working on all the social media stuff. Uh, I created a Facebook page. My my business is now called Down to Earth Connections, Energy Work with Haley. So you can find me on Facebook and then I'm, I'm working on business cards and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm working on getting it more out there, but down to earth connections. I will make sure to put that in the description box below. So if you're interested Perfect. to know more about Haley and what she does, even if you are in Colorado or out of state, mm -hmm. she, can do do, she can do Zoom virtual mm -hmm. stuff. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I'll leave the information down in the description box so you can check her out because she's a lot of fun when it comes to the readings. I know from Thank personal you. experience, <laughs> I think my whole family has done readings with with you i try to make it genuine i try to make it yeah i, I try to keep it light yeah and stuff like that i can i can tell when uh you know somebody's taking on a lot i get a feeling for it so it's like i i know when somebody's you know taking in that good medicine and i know when it's time to okay let's let's get a little lighter here or i don't know it it I get a feeling for it. <laughs> you got a good flow, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share? I guess I wanted to bring up, because I, I, I'm just trying to put it out there more so people know. I guess my, my sister's passing. How she passed is she took uh, one Oxycontin, not knowing that it was laced with fentanyl. I like to let anybody know who I come across that the street drugs are not safe. Some people will, you know, they don't feel like they can get their anti-anxiety meds, um, and things like that through the doctor it's too expensive or it's there's just like a whole thing with with insurance but getting it off the street is very unsafe and it could my, my sister only took one pill and her friends did not recognize the signs of overdose and it, it took her from this world i do feel it was her time and she could have gone in many different ways but i think it's important that people know 
that there is a lot of there's the street drugs are laced with fentanyl and it's not safe no i think that's an important message for sure because there is a fentanyl problem going out there it is and it's important to be educated on this again going back to the education piece oh yeah i i want to get um narcan to carry around with me just in case there's ever somebody i come across that's like an overdose because i feel like I don't know that would be that would be great to help somebody but I think it also would 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 help with my healing as well to to help somebody in that situation yeah it's a big problem right now I think the detective said that there were 10 high school students that passed the week before my little sister did from the same stuff and so it's out there it is harming people and so it just needs to be known thank you for that message and thank you for coming on here and sharing your story about how there is beauty in pain because definitely saw the beauty in you talking today and it's definitely what you're meant to do because i just see you light up every time so thank you so much this was a lot of fun (laughs) i had a great time (laughs) thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode and for expanding your own pain awareness every time you listen to this podcast you are building new neural pathways in the brain to break out of the vicious pain cycle If this episode served you in any way, I ask that you share it with somebody who you think would benefit so they can start breaking out of their unique pain cycle today. When we are educated and informed about pain, we are equipped and empowered to get out and stay out of pain. If you have any questions or thoughts, I'm here to help. You can direct message me on Instagram at thekatiesutton. I'd be happy to personally connect with you so you can start unleashing pain freedom today.